This so, is down south. Right. So then I think I think I told we told the story already on the uh, Megacast. But we're sitting there and we're you know, we're feeling no pain. And it's like, hey man, can you turn on that train? So STP starts explaining how this tree or this train makes it seem like we're not really doing it. Uh, how the train is goes back to his wife's family. It's like her great granddad's. He goes out and finds these. Is old this an trains. electric train? Yes. Right. So we're just sitting in a room listening to records, looking at the train. So I'm like, Steve, can we turn the train on? He's like, Yeah. So my, you know, I'm messed up, a little drunk. We, I'm on all four, like, like stomach crawling over to the train to check it out, right? <laughs> and I look in the one car. It's circus theme, and there's a lion. So this this is how it goes, right? Hey, Steve, Sean, there's a lion in this car. Oh, man, there's a guy with a whip hitting him, too. And for some reason, this train had a figurine of a guy with the whip in his hand, cocked back, about to whip the crap out of the lion. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. When was this thing from? Like, how old was it? I guess in, like, the 30s. or I don't know. When was animal abuse cool? I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Why? That was my big thing. Why did the makers have to insist on making a figurine of the guy with the whip in the motion? Like, I don't know. Like, I get putting a circus guy in there. We could all do the conclusions he might whip the lion. But did you have to spell it out for us? This is a children's toy. Right? Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a dope night. A lot of fun. Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. This is the podcast starring the Ted starring the Ted Star- the uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. Ha-ha! The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. The podcast episode number seventy-one. Glad to have you aboard. What's up? It's your boy, the Ted Smith. I'll be the host of this here podcast, the greatest podcast in all the land. Uh, to the left of me, of course, is my co-host. Uh, he's always around, if not on two wheels, traveling through Asia. He goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. Kick the tires and light the fires. Black Hawk Down? Tom Cruise movie. Top Gun? Same, oh, same Days era. of Thunder. Days of Thunder. Dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> Rubbin' son is racing. All right, back, <laughs> back there on the wheels of steel, getting the headphones and all the cups. Everybody's got a cup. Nobody else is using cups. It's Matt <laughs> Comer, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. How you doing, man? Good. Uh, <laughs> first things first, happy new year, gentlemen. Happy yeah, new year. baby. Good yeah. to see everybody. Uh, we will get to a couple things we did over the break, of course. Uh, I will say this. I went home. Uh, very odd. Some of my friends and family clearly do not listen to the men's room, but download the podcast. Oh. And it's just, it's just kind of different, like seeing guys that I haven't seen <laughs> in a long time, and they're just talking about Matt and Cobb, or MCTP and Cobb. <laughs> like, and I'm always like, you know Cobb? Like, yeah, man, I'm on episode like 60-something. And I'm like, oh, that's right. You know that cop. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, well, was, how the hell do you know? Yeah. Like, when the hell did you come to visit me? That's right. You haven't. But you <laughs> listen to the podcast. That's funny. So they get to know a little bit more of the, the hippie side of Ted Smith, the soft, sensitive side. Yeah. I was, I was wondering about that, too. I was going to catch any heat for that. But uh, I think everybody's uh, on the same playing field, you know? And, I, and unfortunately, I think some of the stuff we talk about in here and some of the stuff that goes on in this world, like... You just can't fight. You can't fight the tide and the way it's going right now. Like a lot of people are coming over to kind of that uh, that I won't say hippie mentality, but uh, 
team people as opposed to team money and team a little more enlightened. Yeah, well, you just frankly you got to be. Yeah. There's too many, you know. There's too much of me, myself, and I, and I got to, I got to get what I need, and this and that. It's like, hey, remember, people overall, when people do well, like you need everybody to do well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there's I, enough for all of us. There's plenty. <laughs> a, that comes back to the love and fear thing, man. A scarcity mindset versus a mindset of you know there, there being enough. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Plus, weed's getting legalized all over the place. That's yeah. bringing people over to the hippie mindset. Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> uh, I st- <laughs> I stayed, uh, I stayed in a hotel uh, in College Park, right? I grew up in College Park, Maryland, my whole life. Uh, Kennesaw Street, the Hollywood section of Rhode Island Avenue. You know what it is, son. Down there, you know. <laughs> uh, so I got a rental car. <laughs> By the way, since I was home, some of the rap and uh, ghetto stuff has come out in me strong lately. Nice. I, I didn't mean it to, but just, just kind of happened. That's my favorite, man. Yeah. Uh, so I stayed in this hotel, right? And I'm like, this place is great. When did you build this? I, I don't remember this. She's like, yeah, it's only like 16 months old. That's why it wasn't here. So uh, my buddy Alex comes over one night, and I had uh, gone down, see my brother, uh, my brother Chris, by the way. I saw the route he takes Rocky on. Finally met Rocky where he listens to uh, our podcast. And just kind of like, all right, yeah. It was pretty cool, man. And then uh, <laughs> last year when he turned 40, my sister-in-law, Amy, had had a, uh, you know, they've been married for like 14 years. Maybe I should drop the in-law part, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> why? Some, even when I say that now, I'm like, I, did I have to keep saying, I guess she'll always be my sister-in-law, but it's like, I don't think they're getting divorced. Yeah, at some point she's just a part of the family. <laughs> yeah, she's just Chris's, right, she's you know, just a sister. So she had had this uh, 40th birthday for him at this uh, brewery in uh, Ashburn, Virginia, called uh, the Lost Rhino. I don't know why anybody listening to this would be in Ashburn unless... You just go over there. Go to the Lost Rhino. Pretty cool. Kind of a, I thought, a Seattle kind of feel to this bar. It's in a, uh, God, what do you call that? Where it's just a bunch of shops and people have businesses in there. Like a strip mall? Uh, not a strip mall, Is though. there housing above them? Like where ba- Bacon Salt's headquarters used to be. What's that? Like a That's like a light industrial complex, man. All right. Industrial complex. So that's where this brewery is. It's like in one of those. So I was Sick. like, this is pretty cool. Uh, all right. They have like house-made pickles, like a, you know, a couple sandwiches. Either way, when my brother's ordering, half the girls working there, like 24, 25, he's taught them. So it's already like, come on, Chris, give me an in. But then I never thought about, like, being from Seattle. I'm like craft beer aficionado. Yeah, and I said yeah. something about a lesion, and they're like, you know a lesion? Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm from Seattle. The one girl's like, what my do you think about- is on the bottles. Yeah, like, what do you think about Pyramid? Like, the other girl's like, I hate Pyramid. I'm like, Pyramid's great. They got a great beer garden. They have a beer garden? Like, yeah, <laughs> yes, and you, I've been there. Right, like, it's where you go before the Mariners games. <laughs> like, come on, man. These are just beers. <laughs> so You're a god to these people. Right. So I'm just saying, <laughs> hey, look, fellas, if you're ever back east, man, I know you're not a boozer anymore, but just just talk about the great craft brews and you'll be uh, you'll be yeah, set. I still know what's up. Yeah. yeah go <laughs> drop some knowledge and you're good. Speaking of the ghetto Ted Smith, I was actually telling a ghetto Ted Smith story a couple days ago. All right. All that right. I don't know if you even realized was ghetto, but it cracked me up. You were talking to me about uh, I came in here. <laughs> I think it was right before the Christmas cast, and I pointed out that you had some fresh kicks on. Right. And uh, he started telling me about them. And, like, all right, so people who listen obviously know Ted's from, was it the blackest or one of the blackest counties in America? Oh, no. Prince's County, Mer- America was the number one highly populated black county in America. All right. So, DC, baby, Chocolate City. Chocolate City, exactly. So, um, you know, every once in a while you'll have like these these ghetto tendencies that just they crack me up. And so this one, basically, you had your fresh kicks on, and I was like, oh man, that's sick. You know, like 
well, where'd you pick them up, whatever. And you're like, all right, Cobb, check this. I rolled in to the downtown Nike town, grabbed the shoes, threw them on the counter, <laughs> just dropped the credit card, run it. <laughs> <laughs> run it. Take my money. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, just <laughs> the ultimate boss move for a pair of $60 kicks, maybe $100 kicks, just run it. Like, I don't give a f*** right now. That's basically what it was. That's what I love, dude. I was telling that to Barnes, and it was just, it was killing both of us, man. <laughs> dude, it crushed it. me when I was home. <laughs> this was, <laughs> all right, my brother will find this funny when he listens to it. So my nephew, right, we're going out to dinner. Uh, what is CJ? He's nine, about to be 10. Maddie's 12. Maddie had a dope uh, Sounders jacket on. Uh, she looked great. And then CJ's all pumped because he's got new Jordans, right? So I'm sitting there. I know these Air Maxes are fresh and crisp. But then he never noticed them. <laughs> like, like the next day, my buddy was like, dude, those shoes are dope. And I was like, thanks. Thought my nephew, who's trying to get into the kicks game, would be all about it. But apparently he only likes Jordans. How old was the nephew? As I said, he's he's about he'll be ten in uh, April. Uh, he's still coming up in the game. Dude. He's he rocking Jordan, son. <laughs> he don't got respect for a pair, <laughs> for a pair of Maxes. <laughs> Sorry, my Sorry. man. He's at level one right now. Okay, you know, like he's going with what he's going with a standard cool shoe. But you know, when he starts getting into some of the more obscure like street blog, streetwear blogs, and things like that, like his game will progress. But you know, like he's he's. He he's sporting the shoe, but he, it's not a game recognizes game situation yet, dude. He's a white belt. He'll get there, man. Someday, many years from now, you're gonna roll in there with like you know an obscure like one off pair of British Knights, maybe a Reebok pump, and he's gonna know what's up. Just saying, one compliment to your uncle would have got him got him that first stripe <laughs> on that white belt. <laughs> maybe some shoes for next Christmas. I don't know. Plan <laughs> right. ahead, right? Uh, I did get him this cool toy. Like, you've always seen the hoop you put on the back of your door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this one, the net attaches to this, like, machine. So then the ball goes down there and shoots it right back at you, right? Nice. We had never used this. We take it out of the package. We turn it on. I'm kind of holding it up. He puts it in there. It shoots out, nails him right in the junk. <laughs> <laughs> From that point on, my niece was just obsessed with, like, we got to get this on America's Funniest Videos. Like, Dad, Dad, like, they won't take my entry. What are we doing wrong? Like, Maddie, we'll, we'll send it in. Relax. Easy. But yeah, it was Wait, how does funny. it shoot it back at you? Like so, across the ground or in the air? In the air. What? Yeah. Like it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's the hoop, right? And then where's the, where the net would just hang, it kind of comes down. It's tapered at the bottom. And you attach it to this little machine. And it's got a, like a, uh, almost like a rollerblading kind of wheel in there, like a sta- skateboard wheel, which went much faster than I expected. <sighs> and that thing comes out like... Oh, it shoots it like a what's it called? Like, like a pitching football. machine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the football things. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, like a jugs machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that what they're called? Oh, yeah, like that standard blue machine that shoots out baseballs, or you sh- you slide yeah. in footballs. Those are just yeah, jugs slide machines. Football and for receiver drills and stuff. Yeah, just remember, folks. Uh, this is going back to when I coached baseball. If you're ever feeding the jugs machine, I don't care how old these kids are, you get behind an L screen. Somebody's <laughs> gonna hit a liner back at you. Okay, speaking of that, have you guys seen the ESPN 30 for 30, You Don't Know Bo? Oh, yes. Matt? Uh, I don't think so, no. Jesus Christ, it is so good. Okay, it is excellent. Did you watch it on Christmas Wait. Day? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm pretty I sure I watched it on, on Christmas Netflix. Day. All right. Um, so this, okay, so there's this freak athlete, and basically. But you know Bo Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, so for people athlete. that don't, or I just say Bo Jackson, like the original two-sport athlete. Yeah, first, like. Two two sport pro athlete, you know, in each. 
Um, so this scout, so he's playing uh, high school baseball, and obviously he's an excellent baseball player. Doesn't really practice a lot or whatever. Just this natural, natural ability. This crazy athlete. So the scout from the Yankees flies down at, to watch him. And he's, you know, like gets there right after practice and they're shutting it down. And the, the, he asked the coach, he's like, hey, can I see him get in the cage and hit a little bit? You know, like this guy's from the Yankees, so he's used to people kind of, you know, going out of their way to make an impression. He's like, no, we're done with practice. We're not going to do anything in the cage. And uh, the guy asks again, he's like, come on, man, come on. And finally, Bo hears him asking, he's like, coach, it's all right, man. I'll, I'll go hit in the cage. He's like, ah, okay. He's like, let's make this quick. The coach goes in and the coach has to pitch the balls to him, you know? So he's behind the screen. <laughs> Throws the first ball down with the scout standing there. Bo Jackson cranks one so hard it hits the corner of the cage and the cage collapses. <laughs> Game. Isn't that ridiculous? Do you think Whoa. about going back to Yankees HQ and just being like, I-, I only saw I only saw one hit, but it literally brought the cage down. Broke the cage. A batting cage is made to withstand hits over and over and over by baseballs. Wow. Like that is its its purpose built for that. And he just Think about how hard you have to hit a damn ball. Dude, the, there's all these crazy stories about him being like a kid and, and dunking sticks into basketball hoops. And like, sometimes I forget part of that story. What was it like, did he kill pigs or like, oh, yeah, like he beat th- up a bunch of hogs with like a stick. And then like the farmer chased him. And it's like, and then he leapt, the, like he leapt over the entire river. Yeah, he like threw it's like a folklore. rock and killed a pig. Like, dude, yeah, like he threw was a, a rock freak. to kill a pig. Almost everyone talking about uh, stories because mo- there's no, there wasn't a lot of footage because it was before a lot of the um, you know the main TV coverage for media events and this is a lot of stuff was when he was younger. And he's in rural Georgia. Yeah, so anyone you see talking about his athletic career, they just go, I, I, I mean, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. There's no way I can possibly describe it to you. I saw him do things that no human can do. And, like, five, six different people are just, like, in awe 20 years later. He was an absolute freak. Yeah. Those 30 for 30s are great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bo Jackson. Yeah, watch that one. Matt, you would really like it, too. Just some of his athletic abilities yeah. will blow you away. Uh, what else I talking about? Uh, Matt, before the show, you looked at me and said, your notebook's all full up. 70 episodes. <laughs> Filled up my notebook. Uh, when I got back in town uh, last Friday, the men's room got together. We had like a three-hour kind of informal meeting about stuff, you know, stuff for the new year. Uh, Saturday, I took down all my Christmas decorations, which, Cobb, I almost called you. I took down my Christmas tree and the lights outside. At no point did I think anybody was watching me, but as soon as I was finished, I looked across. His lights were gone. <laughs> were they there before? Yes! No! Dude, he, we both had him on Friday no. night! I swear to God, we both no had him on Friday way. night. And Saturday, I said, you know what? Like, I'm just gonna, I'm sitting here. Our buddy Joe was gonna come. I said, I, I don't really have much going on. I'm gonna watch football and just get this done. And then, right, I couldn't believe I got it done. I looked over there. I said, did he take his down today too? And then that night, they've never, like, they're gone. They, he, I'm telling you, the guy is a ghost. And you've never actually even seen him, right? You just see the piano sitting in there. No, but I talked to the landlord, the guy that owns my place, and he told me who lives over there. And it's a couple. And it's two guys that are together, right? And I believe the one guy is the guy that gave me the gayest hug ever, which in Whole Foods we hugged, and then he just put his cheek against mine. Which for some reason seemed weirder than like, almost if he had kissed me, I think I might have been more like, when he just put his cheek against mine, I was like, and we're in the middle of Whole Foods, right there by the prepared foods and the olives, you guys know what I'm talking about. I was just like, 
everybody can see I'm part of the gayest hug in America right now. <laughs> I think these two are pretty big fans of yours, Ted. Maybe they're over oh, there. Oh, I think they got a what man What if they're crack. watching me? That's oh, what I'm saying. Man. They have I to be watching you. I never thought about that. Oh, my God. I think <laughs> we need to establish contact, man. I think you need like one of those small bow and arrows with the suction cup. Like, and fire a note across. That seems a little romantic. I don't know if I want to send an arrow over. Hey, guys, can we talk? I, mean, I could just knock on the door. <laughs> well, what do you You're knocking on the door and like, hey, have you been watching me? What's the move there? You know, what's and the play? And do you think you could the figure arrow. out which room it is in the hallway? Sure. You could? Okay. Yeah, because they, they're identical on each end of the hall. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, your, your building just is like, such a maze to it me. Is so these guys are the yin to your yang. That's what you're saying. Yeah, they're they're the they're the one ounce. Oh jeez, man, you get me into trouble here now. <laughs> Either way, it just blew me away. I took down all my stuff on Saturday. I looked over and their lights were gone. I was like, son of a. Wow. So right, so Friday, kind of getting back into work mode. Saturday, do all that. Sunday, I come in here. Said I'm going to come in for a couple hours. You know, do all the like busy work I just got to do. Make sure that I'm ready to go to work on Monday. Right. Get everything done. Ted Smith rolling up the sleeves and going to work. It's 2015, man. Hashtag, you're the hustle. Oh, I, we're talking about that later. Yep. All right. So Monday morning, go to a, you know, I have an appointment in the morning, come in, and that stupid notebook, I'm sitting there and I look at it, I looked at STP and I go, all the crap I did to prepare, I never bought a notebook for these podcasts. <laughs> so that's why when Matt today goes, you filled up your notebook, I'm like, yeah, the one simple thing where I could have stopped anywhere and got a notebook, yeah. I never got to him. He's writing on printer paper today, people. <laughs> yeah. It's chaos in here, man. <laughs> it's chaos. I love how you write down our names as if you would forget them. <laughs> Every cast. When what are we yeah. we're in episode sixty something at this point? Well, we're 71. 71? Dick. Yeah, we're paying you got attention. That? You got that written down on your sheet, Ted? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I just see Cobb right above on our their, names. Yeah. Cobb on their huge. Well, I always that. write 71 and then my ideas that I want to talk about on the right side. Then on the left side is always Cobb. And then I have to write Matt, comma, the producer. <laughs> and then I write the acronym MCTP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do love that in the intro. Like, back there pushing all the buttons. Matt, comma, the producer, MCTP. What's going on, Matt? Just, every week it pumps me up. Well, the thing is, man, there's just one week. You know there's one week if I didn't write it down, I would forget. And I'd be like, to my left is... <laughs> well, I just, I never knew. I thought that was just your intro thing. I never knew you were literally reading that off the sheet. Can, we haven't casted since our listener party, have we? Correct. So, no. Okay. I may be jumping ahead here. But Go speaking ahead. of the names, I just want to address the fact. Are that, we going to talk about Cobb? Yeah. All right, good. I didn't want to bust his chops right we're, out of the gate. We're all sitting in there. Uh, I was the first to show up from the cast. Then Shocking. Sean was there from Float Seattle and uh, a few listeners. Uh, and. Cobb walks in and says, hey, guys, I'm Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> 70 episodes of us calling you Cobb, and you walk into the listener party, introduce yourself by Aaron. Added to the list of dumb stuff I did in 2014, <laughs> man. That year's behind me, Matt. You got me bringing up those past demons. A lot of mercy. Uh, I, know, I brought it up, I brought it up uh, to Sean later that night, and he looks at me and he goes, yeah, man, but like this is what Cobb does. Like, you were, like he might have been nervous too. And I go, oh, I never thought about him being nervous. I just thought I was just like, why the f would he call himself? Aaron? Like, I know your name is Aaron Cobb, but I'm just like, they only know you as Cobb. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't nervous. I just I feel like I always introduce myself as Aaron. I don't know. It seems weird to lead with your last name, you know? 
Right, okay. but yeah. if, they're coming, will... if they're coming to a listener get-together <laughs> right. because they listen... Yeah, yeah vicious I just didn't think about it. Like, Thrill introduces you. himself as Steve, but like when we go to listener parties or stuff, it's like, this is Thrill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right, man. Yeah, that's pretty just... funny. Still have much to learn. I will say it caught me off guard at that party we went to for Halloween when you introduced yourself to people as Aaron, and I kept hearing you refer to it, and I was like, wow, yeah, I guess he probably does, but then when it happened at the podcast party, that just stopped me in my tracks, and I thought well, it was hilarious. And Matt, you <laughs> probably don't know this. When me and Cobb first started hanging out, I would call him Aaron all the time, and I only oh, called him Aaron, and then one day he looked at me and goes, dude, only my girlfriends have ever called me Aaron. So then I switched to Cobb that day, and now as a few years have gone by, like, I'm like, are we going back to Aaron? Like, I'll switch back to Aaron. It's cool. No, with no, me. no. We go Cobb. I just, that's what I've been, you know, I was actually thinking about this today because you always lead with Ted Smith. Yeah. That's how you always introduce yourself. And for some reason, I always say Aaron. And so people are like, Eric? I'm like, no, Aaron. They're like, oh, A A R O. I'm like, no. Like, I need to just, I need to commit to something and stick with it. Maybe well, just dude, go. The first last name is like a great power move, man. Catches people off guard all the time. I've been doing that uh, the last couple of months. Like, I think hey, that might Matt be the Coke. move. And people are like, yeah. I think you know what? Decide. Aaron, yeah. Aaron Cobb, would, it's a strong and name. Two, we, all, we all have strong, short names. That and that, can, and that, you'll get into that as you get older, too. Like, I didn't know. I used to just say Ted. And then after a while, like, you meet other people and, and, and people in higher positions you kind of want to get to. Like, man, they always go both names. Like, I'm going in with Ted Smith. 2015, going both names. Boom! You're Baron Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, I know an argument. Not an argument, but a conversation we need to get into as well. Uh, first of all, it's not episode 69. And it's not 69! Our- it's not me and Matt's birthday month, but I believe it's Aaron Cobb's birthday oh! month. That's my touchdown dance, by the way. What documentary are we going to see this year? Oh, I don't know. I haven't really thought much about my birthday, actually. Um, I don't know that. I don't know that we'll do anything. I am though planning on uh, getting a bunch of people together for a brunch this week. About to be brunching, son. You know I like a brunch. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. I'm I'm having trouble finding a venue that can that can seat the number of people I want to invite. I was just gonna blanket throw it out to the city. Like, who's (laughs) trying to get their brunch on? (laughs) So anyway, we need to talk after the cast about spots. But I will say this: Sunday brunch will be a crowded brunch this week. I was thinking Saturday. That's why I wasn't sure. That's why I didn't realize the game was on Saturday this week. I thought it was on Sunday as usual. So I need to strategize with you about this brunch situation. As for my birthday, I don't know that we'll do anything in particular. I don't even know if I'm going to be in town. But a friend of mine is going survival camping on my birthday, so I may go do that. Dope. Yeah, it's pretty sick. He's basically taking a boat 20 miles up Lake Chelan, and then at some point it turns to ice, I think, and you have to walk walk across the ice or something like that. I don't know. He wants to build a sweat lodge up there and basically just survive for three days. All right. Wow. His, name's Bo- his name's Bob, and he's an American badass. <laughs> Good for you, Bob. Bob the badass. <laughs> Bob the badass. Bob the badass. <laughs> uh, speaking of birthdays, uh, so you guys came by uh, my uh, my house on Christmas Eve, my birthday. Uh, so I contend that for my birthday, I have a small group of people over. Get together. I, for a get together. Yeah. Two, number one is, it's not, I don't think it's a full-fledged party, and if you say party, people get offended if they're not invited. I think it's a small get together. You know what I mean? And I pick and choose these people randomly. So, like, people might not even know I'm screening them. I might just say, hey, Matt, what do you got going on Christmas Eve? And he goes, you know, CEO's taking a plane to Brazil. I go, all right, I'm going to invite Matt. 
<laughs> now, Cobb shows up. Uh, Cobb is claiming that I am throwing a party. It is not just a get-together. Cobb, I mean... We, you, you want me to make my case? Make your case. That- I mean, people want to hear... I will say this. There's, there's not... I'd say at max I had, what, 10 people in there? Yeah, at max. All right. Okay, but it wasn't about the number of people. All right. Picture yourself <laughs> walking into Ted Smith's one-bedroom apartment. You're in Belltown. His, the centerpiece of his, of his living room, there's this island that connects the living room and the kitchen that's this big granite, probably like seven feet in one direction and, you know, eight, nine in the other. I mean, this thing is huge. And it's Only center- one cut. Yeah, exactly. It's a centerpiece. That whole thing is one piece? There's only there's only one spot in the far left where they had to cut it to get it in. I'll show you one day. Whoa. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this thing, like, the whole, it brings the whole room together. Anyway, so on that thing, there's, you know, that's where you make your drinks. He's got a soda fountain going. He's got ice out, a couple bags of ice. There's beers in the fridge behind you. Then there's this whole, like, uh... Shout out to Zeta Buddies for a delicious square pizza. Oh, I was loving those. There's this whole splendid display of all sorts of treats, snacks, cookies that Matt brought. Just a ton of stuff. Sausage dip, my favorite. Oh, God, um, the sausage there's dip. Also, I didn't even have any on my birthday. I think, I think we can legally say this now. There's some some marijuana cigarettes and things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, maybe maybe Ted knew they were there. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. But <laughs> Cobb uh, was feeling good. I was feeling great. <laughs> So you got this whole setup, right? And like the room centered around, it's like, okay, you know, this is a get together, a couple friends hanging out. But then you got this big Christmas tree decorated. Tinsel, by the way, is a nice touch. Old school. Icicles. Old school Christmas. Icicle. <laughs> but then here's what I think changes it from a get together to a goddamn party. Ted has a remote bar, a second bar on the far corner of the room. From the main bar. So you can either go get <laughs> drinks at the main bar, or you can go to the satellite bar oh. with ice cold drinks. That's a strong case, The Cobb. satellite bar, though, was beer and wine only. It's not full bar. Have you ever been to a get-together where there's more than one watering hole? And, you, you know, if there's lines at the main one, you can go to the side <laughs> one? Like, that to me, I'm sorry, but that's a damn party. Right, so I have a like a cool, what do you, I don't know what you call those coolers. Like, it's an insulated bag, so it's not like a hard cooler. And it's monogrammed because I got it from my mom, so it says Ted Smith on it. So I threw an 18-pack and something else in there, and then I put a little bag. It was like, yeah, in case people need recycling. That way they don't have to walk all the way to the kitchen. <laughs> Keep in mind, my place is, what, 600 square feet? Yeah, you're talking <laughs> it's not the biggest eight place. steps to the kitchen max. <laughs> right, so then Cobb made that point, like, dude, you have a satellite? Because I was like, hey, man, get bars out of the satellite bar if you need or get beers out of the satellite bar if you need them. He was like, come on, man, this is a party. He's like, I don't know, man. It still feels like a get-together. Dude, I, I was baked, and that's what keyed me into it in the first first place. But I think I think you wanted it to be a get-together so badly. But when you enter the game of multiple bars inside the venue. it's a good point. Here's why I would say it's a get-together. Thank you, Matt. Because <laughs> at one point, we all went on a field trip. Like, yep. everybody got up and left as a group and came back together. There was no, there, the party, if it was a party, a group would have left and the party would have kept going. But Ted and, and I did leave and the party kept going earlier. We went well, to check we, that's that's two the deck people. people. That's two that's guys two doing people. recon. Exactly. That's that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> recon. <laughs> you didn't do a good enough job either because we encountered the Grinch. 
The, no, the Grinch, that was the big deal. The Grinch had already encountered me and Cobb on the first deck. Cobb was losing it. I was with dying the with the Grinch. I wish you had called her the Grinch. Dude, uh, all right, you got to tell people the story, Ted. All right. All right. So, so my building, right? My building takes up a Grinch. whole city block. <laughs> So they have these shared balconies. So on my side of the building, like my balcony just looks into the courtyard, which me and Cobb sat up there and it was fun looking into my place and seeing everybody. And he was like, come on, dude, you're having a party. Everybody else's place are like quiet. He's like, there's like light, warmth. There's people hanging out. Like, you know, it looked like what Christmas Eve should be. Mm -hmm. You know, what? that's another thing I want to tell people. With the holidays, man, I don't care who you spend time with. Like, get together with people you want to be with, whether it's friends, family, you know, because, right, that, when we looked in there, it's like, that's a great holiday party, no matter, and none of us are related. Yeah. Uh, so we were up on this shared deck, on this uh, on this deck, and the security guard comes out and goes, "Hey, man, you know, it closes in ten minutes." We're like, "Yeah, sure." And then this lady comes out. And I don't know if she said something else, but she was like looking around, and we were like, "All right, like we're walking in." <laughs> so it's like, let's go over to the other deck that looks right on First Avenue and right out at uh, Elliott Bay, and bring everyone from the party. Right, bring everybody. Let's go over there and check it out. Now keep in mind, this is literally. 1050, 1051. So at 11, it is under, I understand the rules in my building. At 11, you're not supposed to be on the deck anymore. So we go over there. We're, we couldn't have been out there more than two minutes. Yeah. And she comes out and starts <sighs> chirping. Uh, did the security guard come out? And who, I forget, was it Rhett? Somebody engaged her first and was kind of talking to her. And she was like, well, I'm the president of the board, and I live right there, and this and that. And then, right, somebody might have been smoking. You know that's a $10,000 fine for smoking. I think it was at that point where I turned around, put my hand out, and went, it is, what I say, like, it is 10.50 on Christmas it's Eve. Christmas Eve. Relax. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, right. And then you know it was very hard for me to not say anything else. Like, I wanted to throw Grinch. in an F-bomb. Yeah. Right. The Grinch was a great call. I would have called her Grinch. I wanted to call her a what? bitch. Yeah. Like, listen, bitch. You know, like, not to mention, well, the whole building's about to go under because you keep letting people rent it out like it's a goddamn hotel, and the fees are going through the roof. Let's talk about that. But no, you're out. And what'd she say? It's a $10,000 fine. Yeah. We live right there. Like, bitch, if you were up there having a Christmas Eve celebration and there was toddlers and stuff and they went, oh my God, that's marijuana, and we had interrupted you, come down and say something. But you're just rolling looking around for trouble, looking for trouble. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. The Grinch. Yo, girl, you a Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> I was baked as hell during all oh. of this and wanted so badly to yell that she was a Grinch to her, but I didn't, for, you know, out of respect for Ted. And then as soon as we got into the hallways, oh, I just could not contain myself. So I was filled like, with regret. That girl was a Grinch, though. That would have been awesome if you hit her with that. <laughs> yeah, you acting like a real Grinch right now. Oh. oh anyway, no. she was a Grinch. Christmas oh, Eve. Christmas Eve. Christmas I just Eve. couldn't get over it. Oh. And keep in mind, half of my building was more than empty. Yeah. There was nobody right. there. Yeah, man. I saw that security guard later, too. Because I had so much, well, shockingly, a party at my house, a lot of Miller Lite cans showed up. So I had a lot of recycling. So I took it out that night. And then I was sitting out the alley. Uh, you know, I was like, I didn't want to stink up my house with, a, with one of those things. So I was like, I'll sit out here. And I had, like, my hood up, and I was just in the shadows. And I saw him coming. I was like, I'm just going to stand here and wait till he comes over. And he said something, and I just kind of took the head down. He's like, oh, sorry, man. Thought maybe it was just some random. Like, yeah, I know what you thought. <laughs> man, Christmas. You profiling me? Right, you exactly. working for the Grinch? <laughs> <laughs> you working for the Grinch? Uh, what a- <laughs> she was a Grinch, man. I know. Bottom it just, line. Right, it's like it's Christmas yeah. Eve. Like, relax. Give me a damn break. Right, and you have a, de- like, has a puff of smoke never blown by you? 
Where did you come up with this arbitrary? She couldn't ten thousand. She didn't ten thousand dollar fine. And why are you roaming the halls? Uh, she like, didn't know we were Christmas smoking Eve. until she came out there. She didn't she, smell no, the saying. smoke and then come she out. She was just roaming she, yeah. from deck to deck. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't that like they were having some thing and we were loud and obnoxious and it was like, hey, you know, we're we're trying to have a Christmas over here. It was just she was just looking for trouble yeah. and it's like there's some people. I'm gonna go say something to them. Well, you know what they say. Grinch is going Grinch. That's a Whoville saying. Grinch is going to Grinch. <laughs> Looking all green and nasty. I don't even want to talk about it. Nasty ass feet. <laughs> uh, when I was home, I did a cool, uh, fun couple things. Uh, I did actually, uh, you, you guys have heard me talk plenty about DeMatha, so I want to give a little uh, little love to my man uh, Tom Ponton there at DeMatha. I sent him a text, and uh, he opened up the school and showed me the brand new uh, Brendan Looney Center. He had one of Looney, uh, my buddy Brendan Looney was a SEAL that passed away, unfortunately. Uh, so they named it after him and gave me another bracelet of his, and uh, it was really cool. And to be honest with you, it kind of, uh, so they, they have this whole new gym, which is just next level stuff. I mean, it fits like 1,500 people or something, or maybe like 1,100, and it's like a bowl. And then they have an alumni lounge. So, like, Whoa. right. So, like, I'm alumni. Like, we could get, like, I could bring you guys with me, and we could go have a beer or two, and then watch a high school game, and then after the game, go back up to the alumni lounge and have a beer. That's Whoa. sick. Isn't you weren't it? joking about DeMatha Athletics being on the next level, by the way. I oh, saw, yeah. I saw a thing about DeMatha. It's- yeah, it's unbelievable. And then their weight room they have for the football team is just sick you matt you would be in heaven in there and they just have pictures on the wall and it's just nba guys major league baseball players and nfl football players that have come through the program That's yeah. and that doesn't even include guys that like stayed for a couple of years and left like like kyle beckerman right that plays for real salt lake and our united states men national team kyle was a freshman when i was like a senior is that right yeah his brother was a wrestler todd beckerman Best wrestler I've ever seen in my life. Never lost when we were in high school. Has his own plaque at DeMatha. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, Kyle went there, and then he moved to Florida to get better at soccer and, like, train with the national team or something. So I'm always like, hey, man, Beckerman was here for a year. I'm counting him as a DeMatha guy. <laughs> I'll take that one. Uh, was, yeah, but the DeMatha stuff was really cool. Good to get back there. Saw my buddy Josh. He, uh, I've talked about him, uh, Perk. He thinks you see you, Bernie? Saw Bernie. Perk, by the way, thinks you know too much. You got to talk about, about that. what? Just he goes, man. I don't know. Cabo always has an answer for everything. Guy, guy knows everything. It's like, what is up with that guy, man? <laughs> He's hiding something. That's what I'm saying. I'm hanging out with his two kids. He has twin five year old girls that I've never met. It's just weird talking about you two guys. <laughs> like, all right, I guess this is this is our life now. You you hear me, and you have children. Well, Perk, what I will say is that I can be a wealth of misinformation, and the Google machine defeats me on the regular. So don't always believe everything you hear. Just because I sound authoritative, I've realized that's one of my biggest flaws. I sound like I know what I'm talking about. So people, yeah. Flaws? Even, no, even that's that an asset, dude. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I think that, I think that, uh, that sword cuts both ways. I think you that's have to fair. know. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm with Matt. I think it's an asset, too, but you have to know. You have to know when your BS is too much. Yeah, you have to harness it. Because I, I knew some people that were great at that, and I took that from them. Like, they would just say stuff authoritatively or just kind of be like, no, it's going to work out, and it would work out. But I also know a couple people that took that too far, and lives are in shamble because they started BSing everything and kind of saying it. It's like, right, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. <sighs> so I think that's the sar- sharp edge of that sword. But I'm with Matt. Sometimes, yeah, you just got to say stuff. Say it boldly. Mm-hmm. All right. But Perk will probably hate your answer on that one either way. <laughs> He's just an angry guy. 
<laughs> Very cute children, though. The weird thing is, though, they have his eyebrows and his eyes. So at first, it was like, like a, like, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> like, that always crazy. weirds me out about uh, children, as you can see their parents mashed together. So if you knew both of their parents before, and then they have a kid, it's like, what? This is just some amalgamation of those two faces. Yeah. Or like, the other creepy thing was like my niece, Maddie. She had a reaction to something. You know how like, how you if you you guys know me well enough, and like sometimes I'll kind of like, well, like what do you want me to do? You know what I mean? Like my <laughs> brother does it, like I do it, and Maddie did it. She said something. I was like, well, I don't have, and kind of threw her hands up, and I was like, oh man, that's creepy. She looks <laughs> like me or Chris. <laughs> she has that Smith frustration. Yeah, that's exactly how you do it with the, the elbows tucked in and the hands just open with the yeah, shake. Right? What do you want me to do? There's nothing I can do here. Dude, the craziest one is my sister and my dad both used to do this when I was a kid. They get mad and they go, and they like bite their own tongue. I'm like, why are you biting your own tongue? Why are you biting your own tongue? <laughs> that's the other thing with the Smith guys. We get very high pitched as we get upset about something. <laughs> I said, take it outside. Uh, I also have to say, I saw my cousin Tom. Uh, he's got a beautiful family. More important, Dakota's my girl. Uh, I love pit bulls. Dakota's a great dog. I'm always going to support pit bulls. So I just want to put that out there. Plus, the picture's just gangster. It legitimately, I might tweet out that picture. It looks like Dakota is jumping up to give me a kiss. And she's off all, all fours. Did you see that picture I gave no. you my phone? Oh, you uh. didn't even look at it? Yeah. I mean, she... She came right outside and like came over. I was like, "Oh, Dakota, how you doing?" But I will say this: she's a pit, so she's strong. Uh, boop boop. Oh, here's me on the phone trying to find stuff. Uh, that you will not be able to see. You will not be able to see. This is great. It's great stuff for a podcast. You'll tweet it out by Thursday, yeah, though. By the way, our Christmas cast. We seriously, I, I timed it out. We talked donuts for like ten minutes. <laughs> Dude, those donuts were delicious. Oh, I thought it was on the ground. I no, looked at the picture. No, that dog's off but... on all fours. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Dakota and Ted. Oh, wow. Yeah, I sent that one to Barnes, and he was like, that's so East Coast. Tell DMX I said hello. <laughs> so, Ted, you've been talking about the year of the hustle. 2015. Tell me why. What's up with the year of the hustle, man? Uh, Year of the hustle is just two things. Uh. Well, grinding the podcast, mega cast. So you know, in, uh, last year I was just doing this, and in, in addition to the regular show, and then mega cast, we're doing all those. So that stuff, and then I'm hoping uh, to do a couple more appearance things uh, this year too. Either way, I just I went 2015 with the emphasis to be on on work. Every day we hustle and hustle mm-hmm. and hustle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh... trying to get to that time my game, son. <laughs> You know what? I just didn't even realize. I was looking at my notes, and they're messed up. And I didn't even realize that this all blends into uh, blends into the CT, and I wasn't supposed to bring it up yet. But I totally agree on the year of the hustle. Well, I just screwed us. We're in there. We you want to do a cop topic? Well, we well, didn't do emails. Yeah, so. we got our emails. I just oh, <sighs> tough start. Tough start of the year. You want to do emails first? <laughs> well, no. We gotta have to do the cop. Okay. God damn it! All right. Well. Well, I mean, you took the reins there. You said, I, hey, man. I know. Yeah, I, I thought he was just diving right into the cop topic because yeah. you said that earlier. And he's like, oh, that actually ties into the CT today. No, I messed up my notes here. 
Maybe I need to get a notebook. My notes here are kind of all over the place. <laughs> there was two other things I wanted to talk to Matt about, but they're they're non sequitur. I know now those two now dumb my- sheets of paper are looking pretty damn smart. To- <laughs> right? <laughs> all my all my scribbled ass chicken scratch looking real smart. Uh, that smartphone. I'm embarrassed. Um, it's like we had a girl today email the men's room. Sorry, I'm a vent here for a second. Talking about the U2 album, right? She goes, we were talking about how that U- free that U2 yeah. album just showed up on your iPhone if you had an iPhone with the update. Like she was like, oh, is that how that happened? I didn't even know. And I'm like, why in the F do you have an iPhone? What are you doing on this thing? You never saw that story? Like, it was everywhere. Like, are you not, like, you're you not tapping into an app or two? Like, why do you have this iPhone? God damn, you're just making phone calls. Like, get a flip phone. Sorry. Get that T-Mobile sidekick, girl. Tell I've been anxious to talk. <laughs> Me too. That's what, that's why I was like, I don't want to get into the cop topic and then just have to cut it off. So we're just gonna have to go be, go beyond it because I screwed us up. I screwed up our pace. But now now that we're here, the um, yeah. So this this year, as we start getting into it, for whatever reason, you know, like I typically don't go with New Year's resolutions or anything like that. But I was just I was getting a good feeling about this year. Like the the night of was awesome. The fireworks, the space needle, everything. And since New Year's, I feel like there's just sort of this this energy about the city and like, you know, that things are just headed in this upward crazy trajectory. And I've been calling it the year of going big, but it's basically that same thing. Like year of the hustle. Like it's, it's going to be a big year. And I never, I hate when people are like, Oh man, like this year I'm going to change my life this year. I'm going to do something, whatever. Like I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying there's this new sort of energy, like a new, a new pace, a new feeling. So anyway, the cop topic this week is what do you, what is something that you kind of just like have a feeling about? Like whether it's a hunch, a funny feeling about something, you know, what do you got? The first <laughs> one that comes to mind is kind of odd, but I've always wanted to go to Burning Man. And I have this weird feeling that like the week, like, like a couple months before I'm supposed to go to Burning Man, if I ever actually plan that, that I'll fall in love with some girl and miss out on the orgies. <laughs> <laughs> just got this feeling, man. Are there orgies at Burning Man? I, I bet you could find one. That's what I was thinking. I was like, it seems like there would be, but I don't know that that actually happens. Oh, I uh, I was talking to a couple on uh, New Year's Eve actually that uh, went to melt. That's been to meltdown, nice. and they were out there naked on the river, and they saw another naked couple out on the river, and they all went back to the tent and got down. Like, so you want to talk about some free love? Yeah, yeah, it happens close to home too. You don't got to go all the way to Burning Man. I saw some really hot naked chicks down there at the river. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a few. Especially well, I was expect- by the time you're on like day two, you know, of the festival, you've seen all the cute girls running around the night before. It's nice to see some naked chicks at the river. That's a great call. Like, you're getting fired up, right? Mm-hmm. And I was expecting kind of like, I don't know, hippie chicks or whatever. You know what? I say that. Almost any woman that I've ever actually seen naked... I'm always pumped about it. And you were also <laughs> running white hot at the River Tent Smith. Let's not forget, you were running white hot. People just think like we were sauntering down the river like, no, Ted Smith was on fire in a way that I don't know that I've ever seen before. His big Malibu glasses, you're just talking to everyone, like petting dogs, making new friends, drinking beers. Crossing the river. Yeah, he was on a, he was on a level. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that is that is a strong strong point. Uh, feelings about stuff. Yeah, you know the orgies thing works, man. That's yeah. perfect. Well, just because a couple years ago, what was it? I guess it was not this past summer, but the summer before. I was driving back, 
with uh, a couple uh, co-worker. Either way, a couple women. And uh, one lady is the girlfriend of a friend of mine and s- said, hey, you want to come out? to Like, I got to work at Summer Jam. Do you want to come out and, like, check everything out? I said, sure. She was like, here's the deal. I'm going to give you tickets and everything. They'll be good tickets. Just on the way home, I don't care how drunk you are. You just can't pass out. You got to talk the entire time because I don't want to fall asleep driving back to Seattle that night. So I said, cool. And then we were BSing. I think the one girl passed out and we're just talking. And it was just, that was one of those weird things. She was like, like, you excited for, uh, like, you know, this and that coming up. And I was like, I'm really stoked for like pain in the grass to be out there. But I was like, a weird feeling. I'm going to meet a chick before that happens. And it did. Yeah, man. Just get these weird feelings and inklings. Yeah. And sometimes, man, I, I'm with you. I go a lot of stuff on feelings. It's gotten me in trouble before, but oftentimes, even when it's gotten me in trouble, I don't think my feeling was wrong. It just wasn't business-like, if that makes sense. Yeah, I got you. I think you need to follow your intuition. Like That's the big difference between the Indian psychology and the American psychology, is Americans typically act from a very pragmatic standpoint, and Indians go more on like, you know feeling and emotion and whatever it is like sometimes you just get a funny feeling about stuff and i just have a funny feeling that this is gonna be a great year like a watershed year one of those years that you look back on like damn like that was a hell of a year i've had that about summers like once or two in the past once or twice in the past a couple years back and i had a feeling right before the greatest summer ever that it was going to be and it certainly was yeah last summer was hot last summer was hot definitely i don't even talk of temperature i just mean it was hot man Everybody was running hot. Yeah. We were having a good time. <laughs> People were on fire. Oh, it was unbelievable. Oh, man. Speaking of summer, that does not shock me. I wanted to bring up, like, it's winter time. So, of course, what do we talk about all summer? Can't wait to put on hoodies. <laughs> and now that it's January, you're like, can we get to summer? <laughs> Let me get some vitamin D. Right? Well, I was thinking the other day, I was like, <laughs> I came up with it actually the other day. On the way into work today, this was my thought. I was like, I don't necessarily want a girlfriend all the time. But I was like, it's wintertime. Wouldn't mind like a little cuddle sesh or something. And I was like, wait a minute. Am I just describing like high-end call girls? Like, <laughs> I don't want her there all the time, but can she just come over and snuggle? Maybe give me a back rub as I go to sleep? Can I just send a text message? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can you just say goodnight? <laughs> Man, it's always like that, too, about you know us looking forward, um, that people are just never happy in the moment. I mean, that's the whole idea of, of mindfulness. You know, it's like always like once that thing happens, then I'll be happy. And like in the summer, even when it gets to summer, my favorite time of year, we're like, yeah, but sweatshirts though, like sweatshirts are coming, you know, yeah. it's always yeah. like the next thing. So, but I mean, I, I, don't, feel you. I don't think it's that bad for the three. of Like we j- joke about it, but it's not like the three of us are sitting around going, Jesus, I hate winter. <laughs> yeah. I hate winter. I know you do. <laughs> um, yeah, with the uh, with the with the girls thing though, I feel you. Like for some reason it's in the winter, winter time, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just looking to snuggle up. Trying to get that blanket. <laughs> um, poke something in the back. I yeah. said back. No, I, we're just me and Matt's minds just went there. <laughs> um, with what you're saying about mindfulness, I've noticed that like. I've been psyching myself out a bunch about like, oh man, I'm training so many people and I'm working so many hours. Like, this is insane. How am I going to do all this? Like, and looking ahead, driving myself crazy. <laughs> and then when it happens, like the day comes and my schedule's packed and I have clients back to back to back and, you know, we're laughing and having a good time and they're getting good workouts like the whole time. And then the days pass and I'm like, Oh, yeah. Why was I psyching myself out 
all weekend over that, you know? Like, it, it went great, so... Yeah, you're killing it. Yeah, just just live in the moment. Don't psych yourself out about the future, man. That's... I think it was John, John Muir or Thoreau that said, I have known a great many hardships in my life, most of which have never come to pass. Whoa. Maybe butchering yeah. that quote, but basically, yeah, worrying about the future is, is useless. Yeah. Anything you got a feeling about, Matt? Uh, I'm with you on the 2015 thing, man. I feel like yeah. this is going to be a huge year for especially the three of us in this room, uh, particularly. I don't know. I just get that energy from yeah. both of you. Um, and looking beyond 2015 on a little darker subject, I do get the feeling that a lot of the way that we know the world works, like some of that is going to be a mess. There might be some big time collapses in our lifetime. And yeah, oh yeah. I'm not saying it's necessarily going to be Armageddon, but it's going to be some huge shifts that we're going to see. And and you know, uh, there. I think there's going to be some rocky transitions and some dark times for a lot of people. And I just I have that feeling. But that's been that's been a feeling I've had for a while. Just taking a look around the world and like how much plastic is in our oceans and stuff, and you know how how that stuff's eventually going to catch up. Uh, but this year, I'm like, I'm just not even worried about it. I got so much other shit on my plate that, I'm sorry, I'm swearing a lot here, but... Uh, sorry, you got to edit. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I am not. I don't even have time to, to stop and think about all that uh, apocalyptic type stuff yet, but I do feel that, like, down the road, we're going to see some, some craziness. Matt, you're talking a language I love right now. The Russian... Um um, the Russian ruble has absolutely crashed the tail end of this year. I don't know if you guys have been been nope. following it oh, at all. Yeah. yeah, I know Ted's follows the the international markets. The Russian ruble, man, basically, Uh-oh. I mean, its value has been almost cut in half. And uh, a lot of people are saying that the U.S. is behind it. You know, U.S. soft power trying to deflate their currency, which is the main way we wage wars. And uh, so. Basically, like their their currency is down, Ukraine's currency is down, uh, Argentina's, um, and a lot of it has to do with with oil. And then you get it, you know, like the the price of oil being pushed way down. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people are thinking because you know we sort of control a lot of the Middle East uh, that their their OPEC is keeping production high, and you know the U.S. is bringing more production online, whatever to to push down the price to screw over Russia's economy while also you know ins, uh, instilling doubt about their currency. Anyway, just the whole thing is basically that these structures that we see as infallible and and full of you know strength and like granite and stone, they can collapse in yeah, an instant. Like we're gonna yeah. we're, we're we're gonna eventually just be like one of those empires that we learned about in history that like everything was great until it wasn't. And now it's just remains. Yeah. Until they got overextended. Yeah. And then everything just resets and you're <laughs> just left with, you know, New York's just a few rocks or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's an overstatement, but yeah, it's just, it's going to be a lot of time that passes. So. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Well, and I mean, and time the- is passing faster too. Yeah. Like, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I, the biggest thing too is just for our country, it's just the separation. You know what I mean? Like eventually, you know, you, you have markets and stuff start crashing. Like people are gonna s- secede. Mm-hmm. You know I'd love I mean? to see Cascadia. I I think it'll go one of two ways. Either at some point we all come under one world government, one currency, and it's that could te- happen too. It's technically separate nations, but it's basically like you know they have the eurozone and we have NAFTA. You know, free trade, and it makes it so all the economies of the world are so inter- intertwined that you can't wage war against each other. There's the uh, 
McDonald's theory of, uh, oh my God, am I going to forget this right now? It's like the, the McDonald's theory of conflict, um, uh, conflict resolution or something like that. Basically saying that, uh, there's a couple, um, there's a couple examples of it not being true, but generally it holds true that if two countries each have a McDonald's, that they won't go to war with each other. Um, and that's only happened like two or three times. And it's basically because when you're plugged into the global supply chain, all of a sudden the standard of living for everyone goes up. And if they wage war against someone else in the global supply chain, they're not able to maintain uh, those supply chains. Oh, the theory the theory has hence been renamed to like the Dell theory of uh, conflict Um Two people with Dells won't fight. Dude, you're getting a Dell. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you're getting punched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, any any economy that's first world has trouble fighting one one of another. So either I think we'll come under one crazy world economy with one currency that's just so intertwined that that no one can uh, have wars, or the more likely scenario is that because these bureaucracies have grown so large and unwieldy and the people who work for them don't like them, the people who have to work with them, you know, in terms of dealing with the government don't like them that they that it all falls apart when the budget you know goes to hell and uh and then yeah we get cascadia and the country just breaks up and you know runs in a whole new way and there'd be a big paradigm shift for a lot of people and uh me included but that's that was my point with the russian thing basically that that these empires can collapse overnight i mean half almost half of the value of the ruble boom gone so like every every hundred dollars in your pocket is now worth 50 in buying power I also think in these day and in this day and age, like I try to be better about reading. Right? It, it's hard. Like it's hard for me to read. I got to reread the page a couple times. You know what I mean? Like reading's a struggle. But with technology where it is and stuff, you can watch shows on things. You can go get. You know, you can hear it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can read smaller articles that'll catch you up. And I that's one big thing I hope for twenty fifteen. I hope people start getting a little more knowledgeable about what's really affecting them and goes on in their world. You know what I mean? No, like, it, it, like sometimes I just hear people make statements about things they hate and, and this and that, and it's like you don't understand. <laughs> like, like it, like you're still paying. <clears throat> you know what I mean? At the end of the day, like you're still paying. So, like, do you really care if somebody has a higher minimum wage? Like. Right now, you're still supporting them because their minimum wage doesn't allow them to live a regular life. So your tax money are going when they show up in the emergency room. They're still going to get free health care, whether there was an Affordable Health Care Act or not. You know what I mean? Like, you still have to pay for that. you got to pay for all their social services because one giant company doesn't want to pay their employees more. So just simple things like that. Or pay attention to what goes on in your state house. It's more than likely those are the laws that are going to affect you. You know, when you talk about the legalization of marijuana, you know, like... You can't deny one big thing that's going on in our state right now is they're trying to tax it to such a point when nobody will buy it legally and then they can go, look, see, didn't work. So there's a lot of these things that happen. That's the one thing I just wish people were a little more educated on. And then the last serious thing I'll leave you with, I don't care what your job is, who you are in life. If you have to run around demanding respect, that is no way to get it. Until you show respect, people will not give them to, it will not, they will not be given to you. And I, I don't care who you are, what you do. That is the way the world works. I agree. I don't know where that last part came from, but yeah. I'm sure some people can read through the lines. I'm just saying, if you don't respect other people, they will not respect you. You know what I mean? And whether it comes to my idiot friends that I used to have, go, "Hey, nobody respecting me," right? Because you're not showing anybody else respect. It's like yeah. you ever have a grown? I, I have a, I have a, like a tipping point where friends are kind of done with me, and when it gets to the point you're sitting on my couch talking about uh, how everybody else is talking shit on you 
all right, I, I know at that point our friendship's about done because I don't know what is happening in your life. I just know it's, it's not good and you're a mess because, you know what I mean? Like, who are all these people talking ass on you? Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, good, man. Good barometer in general. Right, and I just think some of that stuff with life, too, that's what I'm saying about mm-hmm. respecting each other is, like, I, I mean, I just watched a movie on the working poor and stuff, but sometimes, like, I think we just throw out these arbitrary, ah, it's welfare moms or this and that. It's like, it's not. These are people that are trying. You know what I mean? It's like I had a conversation with my father, right, old f***er, a couple years ago, and he goes, I agree with, uh, I forget who said the quote about all those those freeloaders that, you know, the 70% of the country or whatever that's freeloaders. And I looked at him and I said, that counts your VA benefits. Are you a freeloader? <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I just want us all to kind of respect each other more and just be knowledgeable about what really affects us. Yeah, and with smaller governments, it's a lot easier to do that, and that's what I'm hoping that the internet in some way helps enable is that if you could, you know, like for instance, if it was Cascadia or Washington state or whatever, all the citizenship could vote on something every Friday. Cause you just open up your smartphone, boom, one touch and you're, and, and you voted on whatever the issue is, you know, maybe read through for five, 10 minutes, then everyone votes on everything and you actually know what's going on. So you don't have to vote if you don't want to, but so I'm hoping the internet enables a little bit more of a hands-on democracy and, uh, you know, smaller, smaller countries or states or, or whatever because then you you know where your tax dollars yeah, are going. Be, it'd be interesting to to sort of redesign the system with where we are now. You know what I mean? Like everything's based off old outdated policies and ways of thinking and unnecessary uh, jobs for people to, to make too much money without doing stuff and th- there's just a lot of like if, if we were to break that down and start know from scratch now knowing what we already know and having all this technology at our disposal yeah it could be it could be real cool plus we got to be realistic all right that's that's the main thing there's a lot of people that vote certain ways and stuff because they have this idea that they're going to be a billionaire it's not going to happen all right billionaires honestly are a bad thing for all of us you know that's the other thing too some people you're some there might be people right now listening to this who are in their late 50s or 60s, who are on that line. Would you do the rest of us a favor and when you can retire? Stop. Stop working. Retire. Go enjoy that. Like, why? what more money do you need? You know, like, people at the top, like, you know, and that's on us, too. Because one day, I don't know if it's going to be three of us, but some of, some of us are going to be up there. We got to stop being that greedy as well. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, a lot of billionaires, I mean, what's nice is now people are becoming much more philanthropic. Um, but, yeah, a lot of billionaires, like, they're not billionaires because they – hoped to be billionaires the billionaires because they they like working and they like what they work on you know like bill gates i think is the perfect example for something like that but yeah i mean you're right about them not being good for us in a lot of ways because well it cuts both ways too with this but um adrian hanauer's brother uh nick hanauer right. he's given a couple talks on it local seattle guy owns part of the sounders adrian um, hanauer by the way had a gangster ass comment today what do you say? He was like, I don't care what my position is in this organization. If they work for the Sounders, they answer to me. I was like, whoa. Is that about their new, uh, the new hire they had today? <laughs> That's baller. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically Nick's given a series of, of talks that basically says, like, yeah, the government wants you to believe in trickle-down economics, and, like, I can spend some money, but, you know, like, so he's, he's a legit billionaire. And he's like, yeah, but at the end of the day, I can only wear one pair of pants a day. You yeah. know, like how much stuff can I buy? So like, yeah, maybe I'll buy a nicer pair of pants, but still one pair of pants, man. And so his, 
yeah, his whole thing is that wealth needs to be redistributed. And I think a lot of the super billionaires that we're seeing now are starting to kind of catch on to that and, and get with it. And as far as the government thing, just a quick personal example from my life, in terms of seeing your money spent poorly, you know, there's no government accountability. So what happened with me, um, the hookah lounge that we run down in, uh, in Tacoma, we pay what's called an impervious surface tax. Basically, you pay a tax if you have a building rather than a park because a park, the water drains through it, and they don't need to put in piping, you know, to to handle all that runoff. But like in the city of Seattle, it's all runoff because there's nowhere for that water to soak into the ground, right? So right. impervious surface. So we pay this thing called the impervious surface tax, and I think we paid, I don't know, six to ten grand on this thing. So right down the street from us, they're tearing up the street, and it's obviously affecting our business. You know, you can only get to the business one way. And uh, they're tearing up the street to put in this new culvert, like a rain, you know, uh, for handling excess water runoff. So they go to put in this culvert, and they look at the last 20 years of data. So someone at City Hall had to make this choice. Let's look at the last 20 years of data, see what the highest rain runoff was, and put in a culvert that's, that's big enough to handle that. So they tore up this whole road, took them six months. And they put in this culvert. It was big enough for the last 20 years. They get it in. No less than a week and a half later, we have three of the largest rainstorms that have happened in the last 50 years. Completely floods, overflows, floods seven businesses the street down from mine. People were furious. They go in, dig it back up, put another one in, 750 grand for the replacement. 20 years of data he looked back instead of 100 years or 50 years. Like, put it, like... Put put in the damn culver one time, you know. Like yeah. what we're gonna just leave it there for nineteen years and then put another one in twenty years from now. Yeah. And it's just like that person who made that decision. I don't know who it was. They weren't held like their feet weren't held to the fire by anyone. They weren't fired, you know. Like you yeah. just wasted seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars of real people's money. Yeah, it's crazy. Chazzy insane, man. Chaz- I, don't, I don't mean to get upset, but oh, it's all right. We we haven't been serious in a while. We get a yeah. little serious. Yeah, man. It's bullshit, Ted Smith. Yeah, and trust me. No, none of the three of us are against making money. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, we it's the year of the hustle, baby. Right, it's the year of the hustle. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, right? I just, I don't know. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Like, this will sound aggressive, but I'm, you know, I'm Team Russia. I'm Team China. I'm Team United States. I'm Team Ar- Argentina. I am Team People. Right? Sure, baby. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. Episode seventy-one. A little longer. You get some uh, some funny stuff. You get some serious stuff at the end. Uh, but either way, good to be back. Good to see you, boys. You too. All right, man. Uh, so episode 71 for the podcast. He's MCTP. Cobb, I'm the Ted Smith. Cheers.